Hey everyone, it's Jay Bradley, and I just finished my live stream Breathwork and Ho'oponopono meditation, and it was right here back where I teach twice a week. Of course, there was nobody with me, unfortunately, due to what's going on, but I hope you guys will consider joining every single week for what I think is the most life-changing process, Breathwork and Ho'oponopono. And I'm also super grateful to Liberate for providing this space and sharing more of this healing work online for you, especially now during this time of quarantine. So if you'd also like to donate to Liberate, please go to liberateyourself.com and let us know what you need. Let us know we're here for you. I know it's a difficult time and it's exciting for us to be able to help share the healing, not just for you, but for the world. So hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have Amrit Deswani with us, and he is a yogi and specializes in performance yoga. And we're going to learn a little bit and deep dive into that and the benefits of it and kind of talking a little bit about um, kind of remaining healthy in the fight against uh, the coronavirus and other colds and flus and how your body just needs to be healthy, right? You know? Yes. And, yes. <laughs> that's kind so of we what... need to be in the best health of our lives, especially today with everything that's happening. So let's get right into it. All right. Well, let's get into it. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey, you know, and what got you into yoga. Um, and, and specifically into performance yoga and what is performance yoga. So we need to know all about that. And then we'll sure. talk about the, all the health stuff too, sure, and being sure. in the best health of our lives. For sure. So basically what got me into it was, uh, when my father passed, when I was 12, he was 49 at the time and he had diabetes and, um, he, uh, uh he was a very social, like everyone loved him. It was like really outgoing, but, um, due to health circumstances and things that things uh just lifestyle imbalance uh you know it happened and uh I started questioning reality and I, I started questioning my existence and who am I and uh my mother had this teacher named Ramesh Balsekar who was the uh, a student of Ramana Maharishi and Ramesh was a bank ex-banker in in uh in London at the time uh, previously, and then he had moved to India, and my mother had opened the house to spiritual seekers from all over the world. So there were folks from Australia, from from New York, and uh, our house just became a melting pot of of uh, of seekers. And they would go to Ramesh's house, who was in the next lane, and I started listening to some of Ramesh's lectures, and uh, and he. It was all about questioning who am I and uh, viewing pain and pleasure and and good and bad as as the same thing as as part of existence itself mm-hmm. and not identifying with either one. And I was about fourteen or fifteen at the time, and uh, then I got into bodybuilding uh, and uh, you know I started getting a little more aesthetic and. And uh, I was also a DJ at the time when I was 16. So uh, yeah. uh, I spent a lot of the early early childhood, um, you know, in nightlife and DJing. And, and, and kind of maybe having a little um, on balance yourself, but having like, well, you were caring about your fitness and your physique and, and you know, but also having that questioning element, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a lot for... One, for a child to experience such a loss at an early age and then having the privilege of having these higher level spiritual seekers and leaders come through where you are this sponge absorbing this information. And, you know, you normally don't have people questioning their self or their existence until, you know, their second half of life. So, I mean, this is something that you're doing when you were just starting living, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just happened, and then then I got into more of the the yogic practices. I had a teacher who'd come to my house. His name's Vinod. He was just a, a normal guy from from uh, Himachal Pradesh, 
which is next to the Himalayas. Okay. So he would come three times a week, charge us, what, 3,000 rupees a month. It was like $50 a month for 12 sessions. Wow. Which is a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a really good deal. <laughs> uh, uh, and so you and your mom would do yoga together? Yeah, she would partake sometimes. Mostly it was from, uh, I was doing it because... Okay. Um, uh, I grew up with uh, asthma and like a poor immune system as well. And a lot of my friends were into hashish and things of that nature, which I uh, happened to partake in as well growing up. So mm-hmm. uh, the pranayam and the breath work and and uh, the movement practice was countering the mal effects of the nightlife. and. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You were like uh, teetering on both sides there, but it was probably keeping you a little balanced because it's like, okay, well, at least I'm taking care of myself, but then I'm not taking care of myself, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then, so you know, was it that you, when you first started doing yoga, that you were like, wow, there's something to this. I want to dive deeper into it. I mean, when did that happen? Um, uh, yeah, so it was between yoga and, and, and weight training and, uh-huh. and balancing, figuring out the right balance. And then I, I encountered a, a lot of injuries while weight training. It was, uh, it started with the, uh, the low back with uh, sciatic nerve pain, then with the rotator cuff, with the mm-hmm. shoulder pain. Um, and it was just, oh, and then the pectoral, I tore my pec muscle. Uh, um, and then, and then, and then, yeah, I got into different healing mo- uh, modalities. I was just looking into different things like corrective exercise, posture therapy, and um, and and yeah, performance yoga was was born out yeah. of uh, different 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 healing arts. And uh, so, what exactly is performance yoga, and why is it different than other yoga? Traditions. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's essentially a preventative program to improve posture, performance, and confidence. Uh, And it's very different because it's all it's mainly science based and it works mainly on function. So the the key component to this is is functionality. Okay. For example, throwing a ball, you have to contract this muscle, right? Press your elbow back in order to throw the ball. So in resistance yoga, essentially you're, pre- you're, you're contracting the muscle and then you're stretching it simultaneously while contracting it. And then you're getting to strengthen the muscle on the way back as well. Hmm. And then you release tension. So it's, it's resistance. You apply the resistance and then you pull in the opposite direction. So it's lengthening the fascia, the connective tissue. Uh, that that's essentially holding the entire body mind organism up is is the fascia the connect it's like a interconnected web like structure that that holds things together and so. yeah and so then people can throw the ball farther <laughs> <laughs> right yes <laughs> uh, so it improves strength and what are some of the other benefits and you know I'm I'm guessing you know it's it's helping so that you don't have those tears and the things that you were going through as as an athlete and as a bodybuilder and things along those lines right mm-hmm. exactly yeah. mainly it, it it restructures the whole uh, body mind organism so if there's any most people who have injuries are as a result of poor posture and this happens because of you know, you observe your father, your mother walking, you pick up certain patterns, mm-hmm. physiologically, I'm saying. And um, and then you end up repeating that. And it, it just happens where we get repetitive stress injury or you're trained to be right-handed or left-handed. And then you use that hand all the, all time. the time. And then the other hand, it's like, exactly. I tried to do an exercise of brushing my teeth with the opposite hand. And I'm like, I can't. Ah. <laughs> I need my regular, (laughs) you know, like just trying to even like the little like daily exercises of Uh life of how much even the simple things like brushing your teeth and how hard it is to do with your non-dominated hand, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. It trains a different side of the brain and essentially we're bilateral human beings. So everything, you're born with bilateral functions and, and that that's how... 
that's our maximum capability. So so why not use it? You know, mm. to to bring balance physiologically. I'm saying which translates into other. Things. It translates into a lot of other things. I mean, you know, besides just mimicking your parents or other postures and things like that, it's also so much on your emotion. You know, you don't really you like an unconfident person or somebody that's in a low, more depressed or sad state is going to slunch over naturally because mm -hmm. that's the, you know, neurological kind of posture of it. But if you're sitting straight up, it's like you're in alert state and it's a confident space. And if your shoulders are back, you're going to be more confident, happier in yeah. all of those things. So it literally can have this effect on your emotions as well, right? 100%. And it affects your testosterone, cortisol levels. So they did us, it's funny that you said this because they, they did a study in Harvard University where um, they, they studied certain animals uh, and they showed that when, you're, when you have, when these animals had uh, open, uh, they, I think they were studying apes or something like that, but they just showed like if, if you're in a position like this, which is a, a very inviting open body position, right? You're, you're, it's a power position, basically. There's, there's certain power positions, but this is, hmm. uh, it's uh, like you feel amazing. You just do this and then they, they studied the brain, how it increases the testosterone and decreases the stress hormone, the cortisol, just by doing this. Wow. So, it's so that we need powerful. to all just stand around and do this in this stressful time. If we want to feel powerful and overcome the coronavirus, just stand like this. Everything else will go away. Speaking about. <laughs> right? All right. So we learned one thing today. Let's stand like this. We'll be powerful. <laughs> Oh, Harvard! Harvard study, study said so. Yeah, yeah, we can put in the footnotes if there. Yeah, can the, the link to the study. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, so where does that correlate to you know your overall health and well being, and where we're we're getting to like as far as like the basis of a lot of the conversation for today about people being the healthiest version of their self like yes. um what are some of these the benefits of that and you know are there some trick postures like this one that you could show people that could help them you know kind of create more of a power in their their health or well-being yeah. and overcome some of these things so they're less susceptible or if they get yeah. something it can you know yeah. be cured a lot faster yeah. Uh, one thing is, uh, based on what I've experienced, I've started tra training since uh, 2006 okay. in, in yoga and movement and meditation and just questioning life. Um, and uh, over the years, I've come to realize that there's one thing that controls the entire physiology and psychology and uh, energy is it's a nerve called the vagus nerve, mm -hmm. uh, also known as the CNX, the 10th cranial nerve. And this vagus nerve connects to the parasympathetic activities of the heart, the lungs, and the digestive system. So a very simple way anyone can do this to re reduce nervousness and to release tension. Like my nine-year-old nephew was asking me, hey, Amrit, Amrit, how do I reduce how do I release nervous? How do I not be nervous? That's so cute. And so we did. He's, this. he's following in your footsteps. He started when you were twelve. He's starting. He's starting at nine. He's like, yeah. I got. I got to learn this earlier. Yeah, he's, and he's very tapped in. He's like, yo, you should start a YouTube channel. Does like, listen, just we'll do it step by step. <laughs> it's like you need a TikTok. <laughs> TikTok account. <laughs> okay, so, so... So one very simple way anyone can do this is is by simply breathing in through the nostrils and humming. Mm. You can put your hand here mm, to feel it mm, on the throat till mm, all the air is out. Then breathe in through your nose again. a very simple way of just recalibrating 
and reducing the blood pressure and the heart rate and basically activating the vagus nerve that, that connects from the, uh, the throat here, from the ears to the throat and it splits here into the heart, lungs, connects to the digestive system and attaches to uh, points in your spine and connects back up here to the cranium. Mm. <clears throat> so that's so one like, thing people can do. So we got we got two already, two <laughs> tricks, guys. <laughs> Make sure you don't forget them. You know, <laughs> I like that though. I mean, just in those two breaths, you know, like I can already feel through that humming, you know, the vibration of that vagus nerve. Like, yeah, I'm calmer, more centered here. You know, um, it's a powerful, powerful nerve that can, you know, you could be. Oh, out yeah, of alignment. Completely. Yeah. Change the state completely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what else, you know? like. In... So we are talking about the coronavirus yes. now. So the main thing is people's immune systems are compromised. Yeah. This is why the virus is happening. And uh, it so happens that the virus is started in a country that happens to eat a lot of animals as well. So this tells you something. Um, um, biologically, we're designed to be fasted pretty much the whole day, mm -hmm. right? We're designed, if you look back in the day, uh, take maybe 50, 100 years ago, people were uh, eating one meal a day. Now we eat three, two, three, four, five meals a day. Yeah, some people recommend six meals a day. <laughs> I was doing that too. You don't know this. I would go to bodybuilding.com and these people yeah. are like, eat six meals a day. Yeah, they say, oh, smaller meals all the time because you don't want, you want your immune system. People go, and your metabolism needs to, I mean, not your immune system, your metabolism <laughs> needs to stay like up. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a lot of scientific evidence that also on uh, one of the ways for you know, kind of living longer and more youthful and I'm all in reverse aging, you know, is is doing intermediate fasting, near intermittent fasting and, um, you know, going those longer periods of the time so that, I don't know, it does something, I'm not a scientist, but does something where it stimulates your brain. Yeah. It, it kind of like, you know, has this this way. and But I mean, you see it in all different religions too with these yeah. different fasts and things that go on as part of tradition. But, um, you know, so go back into your, you were saying about how we're a long time ago, we were eating one meal a day. Yeah, yeah. When basically what you said, the brain and science has proven this, that there's a hormone called ghrelin and the ghrelin hormone is directly correlated with productivity and overall health, basically. So when you're, when you're in a fasted state, intermittent fasting, let's say 16 hours, uh, this this hormone is being generated and your HGH, your human growth hormone is also being activated. Um, and uh, people are like, oh, where do I get my protein from? This whole protein thing's a new, <laughs> it's a well, new you, age thing. Well, you know what's funny? It's like, I've never seen somebody say that, I, like, I've never heard somebody get a diagnosis of like they're protein deficient. Yeah. You know, I mean, you hear like you're, you know, vitamin D deficient, vitamin C deficient, that you have these other minerals that you're deficient. But I mean, I haven't really heard anybody be told ever you're protein deficient. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, I mean, have you? I mean, like, I don't think I've have, you know, like, yeah, at least yeah. that I know of. Maybe there's somebody that's listening. If you have ever been told by your doctor that they ran some kind of blood test on you and you're protein deficient, I would like to know because I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we have to fight this virus now. So, so the main thing is, and this is going to sound a little crazy, what I'm about to say, because... Hey, this but, is Liberate. I say some crazy <laughs> stuff all the time. My viewers know. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like that wackadoo. <laughs> and then they come and they're like, oh, actually, that the, you know, I thought you were crazy. And then a year later, I realized that there was some truth to that. So, yeah. don't worry about what they think. Okay. We've said everything crazy under yeah, the sun. Because the media and doctors are not going to tell you this because they have a job and they have bills to pay and they have a certain way of doing things and they have a reputation. So... 
and they have they have certain t- teachings and trainings that are given to them. So they take that as I mean, we we think I mean, all of us as as we grow up, I mean, we're born listening to our parents and whether they're right or wrong, we believe that they're right because they're our parents. Right. And so yeah. people go into institutions, schools and universities or and they're and they're taught by colleagues or doing their, you know, uh there's a way that things are taught and so there's a way that we're also taught not to question you know so if somebody of authority or somebody of leadership of power uh tells us something we take it in and i mean that starts for me when we're kids and we take in what our parents say okay that's the way the world is or that's the way this is or that's that's how that's what works for us or our family or our belief system or whatever the case may be but you're not really taught to critically think and say that doesn't make any sense, you know? And and so I think the a lot of people, well-meaning as they may be, is if they're given information, they take in that information and they're taught memorization. Yeah. So say, so, oh, well, that's what I was taught. That's what yeah. I was taught, that you eat a lot of protein, or yeah. I, w- I was taught that this is, this is what you need to do, or this medication is going to be the cure for you, or whatever the case may be, right? You know? And there isn't very much room for that questioning, right? Yeah. So uh, people are well-meaning, different things. Just question. That's one thing you can do is always question. And question what we say. It might not be true for you. That's okay. What so, crazy thing are you about to say? Well, before I get into the crazy, there's one, there's one, uh, there's a muscle called the psoas, uh-huh. which is a, uh, a muscle in the hip flexor. The deepest core muscle that's directly connected to the fight or flight part of the brain, the reptilian brain. So in performance yoga, there's a psoas release technique to release emotional trauma, um, which induces tremor-like responses. If you see an animal, a lion chasing a gazelle, the gazelle will, after some time, it will get scared and it'll start shaking, right? And then after some maybe two or three minutes, it'll go back to grazing as if nothing happened, right? But we, when we experience some kind of trauma or any kind of of fear-induced situation, we tend to hold on to it and it becomes part of our memory. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to release this, have a mechanism of releasing it. And uh, sure, meditation and the different psychotherapies and things like that are helpful. But the body has its natural way of releasing it. And um, actually, I've learned this from Dr. Bercelli. He he used to uh, be a volunteer for Mother Teresa. And uh, it's it's a psoas release technique. It's, It's part of the performance yoga training mm. uh, method. So I, I'll, I'll, I'd like to share it with with your viewers and... and, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Why would you think that that sounds crazy? Oh, uh, that, that's that's one mechanism. That, okay, that's not, the, the, that's, not the, that's not the crazy topic then. Yeah, okay, that, I was like, that sounds really logical the, actually. That doesn't sound crazy the, at all. The crazy okay. part. <laughs> We're not releasing our stress and our, and our fear. Okay, yeah, we hold on to it and we clench <laughs> instead of letting the energy out. Uh, yeah, I think most people can get that. We just go yeah. like this and we freeze. Yeah. And then we shake it off because we're told that we're not supposed to experience much emotion yes. and it's looked at as bad. And then yes. we go upon our day and we go back to work or we try to shake it off so we don't look irrational in front of whoever we're yes. having a conversation with. And then we hold it and then we go upon our life and we yeah. push it through the back of our mind. Yeah. And we never face it again until it pops out like a jack-in-the-box somewhere in our life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is very helpful for performance artists, actors, dancers. This program is very, very powerful. So I definitely... Okay, so now we'll go to the crazy stuff. Okay. So this coronavirus thing. So sure, fasting is one thing, right? You're doing 16 hours and over. That's great. That's going to be... Automatically, your cell mitochondria, things are going to heal themselves. You, The more healing hours you have, the better. So if you're if you're fasting for eight hours a day or ten hours a day, or in a month you have only three hundred healing hours. If you're fasting for sixteen hours a day, in a month you have now five hundred 
plus healing hours. Mm. So that's one thing is fasting. The second thing, this is the crazy part, is urine therapy, also known as Shivambu. Oh, is this where you drink your pee? Yes, <laughs> but you have to microdose it. So there's a way to do it, actually. I've heard <laughs> of this. <laughs> I've always been... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that. In the TED Talks, and we can put this in the footnotes. I'll show you some studies on this too, uh, about how the immunity, it, it helps the immunity actually. And uh, it's just like a plant, how you use dead recycled leaves. And if you notice those plants where you put the dead leaves back into the soil, it grows even better. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with our chemistry actually. And you don't have to start by chugging a whole glass full of urine. <laughs> it's not. It's, not <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Let me, let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So basically, you just start with a few drops. First thing in the morning, you collect your urine midstream so there's no sediments. And uh, you just take a few drops. And then each day, based on how you, this is all based on feeling sensation. So based on how you feel, you just slowly add maybe a little little more, a few more drops till you find like your baseline dosage. And you'll know, your doctor's not going to know, but you'll know. How will oh. you know what your baseline is? You'll feel it. Like you'll feel, you're going to feel different. Your teeth are going to get whiter. You're, you, you, you're, you're, you're going to feel more energized. And this is one way of protecting from coronavirus. Probably the most powerful way because you're the urine has antiseptics and antibacterials that no medicine on the planet has. So this is amongst the most powerful things anyone can do. Now, what about all the toxins? Because I mean, your your urine is the way that it flushes out all of you know, like first thing in the morning. You know, like what I've been doing for years is an Ayurvedic technique of drinking a sixteen ounce glass of water right when I wake up. Now, so it flushes, flushes my, toxins. yeah, it flushes the toxins. I don't want to be reconsuming the toxins. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And, and a lot of folks have asked this, but uh, the toxins actually, uh, the antibacterial properties and the antiseptic properties outweigh the toxins. So we're so, uh, we're, we're so much into this, oh, I need to detox. What about the toxins? But if you just, just try it. Just try doing it one time. And, and you can see the studies on it, too. So it change so, the game completely. So you start out, I mean, people start out with a little bit. And I mean, what? what's... Two drops. Like maybe so, four, so, seven, eight so drops. So you're not drinking like... Like a teaspoon is like the most you're drinking of, of your pee. Yeah, maybe initially. Like the first week, you can progress to maybe a teaspoon at the end of the week from a few drops then maybe progress to two teaspoons and then slowly increase the dose. So maybe like it'll become this much. So it'll become like a shot glass. Like a shot, yeah. Just and so, But nothing more than a shot. Yeah, no, that's unnecessary. But about a shot, you can increase your dosage. Especially, I mean, it, this is way better than getting a flu shot. It's like... It's going to completely, you're going to feel amazing. Your skin's going to feel better. Your teeth are going to get whiter. Uh, Madonna was also doing it. There's an Indian uh, government, who, the prime minister who did it, Morarji Desai. So a lot of folks have done it before. I mean, it's, it's as... What did you notice you doing it? Because then how long have you been doing it? And when did you start? And I know you said, you know, your teeth whiter and these things, but like, what are some of the things that you noticed? And then when you convinced maybe family members or friends to do it, what did they say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't convinced anyone. But uh, uh, definitely the teeth get whiter, I've noticed. And uh, I don't fall sick. I don't remember when I've, I've fallen sick. So. But now is that, the, is that the urine that you're drinking or is it the resistance and performance yoga and the fact that you eat super healthy? That's, I mean, there could yeah. be so many things, yeah. right? You could know? be, yeah. Yeah, could be. Correlation does not imply causation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, everyone has to try it for themselves. Too. Yeah, but 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 you were like, so you came across a TED Talk or a study on this and you said, I'm going to try it? Yeah, I was more of an experiment. My friends, uh, one of my friends uh, and, uh, you know, 
uh, I guess mentors, he he does it too. And uh, yeah, I, I've just no. <laughs> Okay, okay. I, I, mean, I don't know I, I, why I, I, I naturally got called to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got naturally called to it. I think there was one time, like at, at Emporium, our other store, like there was one time I bought a, I, I was doing a book order and I ordered a book called Urine Therapy. And and I was like, I was like, ah, what is this? <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't read it yet, but I mean, then I, but it's prompt some people that when they see it on the shelf, they're like, oh, my dad did that or this happened or this, you know? So like, I know people do do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these ancient things are coming back now and becoming a trend, intermittent fasting. I mean, dude, it's a natural thing. <laughs> you yeah. hunt and then you eat, you know, it's like. You don't just wake up and eat and then not do anything. It's like, yeah. Because when you're satiated, you don't feel like working. Yeah. But when you're hungry, you want you have the drive. You wanna, you wanna do some some stuff. You wanna yeah. produce yeah. rather than consume. Absolutely. Now, when you you were saying before we got into the urine therapy about uh, about this technique that you wanted to show people that really helped, uh-huh. you know. So can we go back to that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is for the emotional trauma release yeah, technique. Yeah, so we can all shake, shake like a <laughs> gazelle. <laughs> Actually, it, it, we have to do all the resistance uh, stretching first Okay. to lengthen the myofascia and the connective tissue. And then we get into this so, uh, psoas release technique where you're basically lying down and uh, you get in, your body starts tremoring naturally. It's a natural a tremor that happens to release the psoas and after you're done you just feel like you had and I've never taken psychedelics but I've heard that uh, your orientation of time and space and just completely changes and and you feel like you're reborn again so uh, wow I need that I'm sure people that are listening need that you know (laughs) is that what you do in 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 and is it most of the classes that you teach you that technique is yes, part of it? Every class. Yeah. Every class. That's the main part. That's like the main event. First, we do all the stuff, and then at the end, we uh, first we do all the stretches, uh, lengthen the connective tissues in the upper and lower limbs. It takes about 30, 20, 30 minutes. Then we do the psoas release, takes about 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then we do the vagus nerve activation, the the sound technique. Uh-huh. There are different sound techniques. This what we did was just one of them. Yes. Uh, that activates the throat and the brain, but there's there's some that activate the gut and the solar plexus too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, and I mean, I know you're doing yoga with us here twice a week now. Yes. You know. Um, yes. And I know that a lot of people might be a little getting getting into that fear state with everything that's going on in the state of the world. Yes. Um, so maybe if you're open to it, we can do some um, live streaming uh, classes we and would stuff. Love to, because yeah. then we can allow you guys in the comfort of your own home without worrying about uh, getting anybody sick or catching anything yourself to be able to. S- activate and be healthier and have some of the releases and have some of these benefits that you know um at the time that you need it most right where maybe a lot of people are more afraid to come out during these times so you can still have the benefit so i would love if you're open to that to start offering them as it's live stream as well we'll do it for sure um uh so the vagus nerve this is very important um and uh, the, for the coronavirus, one more thing uh, is the breath uh, hyperoxygenating. So um, we need to breathe, especially it's causing pneumonia on people, you know, and shortness of breath. So we need to be able to breathe the best that we can, because especially if our airways and our lungs get contracted. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. One thing I would suggest, and this is, again, an experiment that we we've been doing is uh, plant meditations. So you literally go to a plant, hold the leaves, and just, if you want to keep your eyes open, you can keep your eyes open. Or if you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes and just breathe with the plant. It's nothing to it. You're just breathing with the plant and you're connecting yourself to the frequency of the earth, 
naturally. Mm. But just holding hands, I mean, holding the leaves of the plants, as opposed to, because we live in an indoor culture, everything's done indoors, or we want to feel, uh, we want to feel warm, we take hot showers, uh, uh, there's Wi-Fi, there's EMF, there's all these frequencies that are positively charging the system and frying the brain and the nervous system and the cells. I mean, not, it's, it's just not, it's creating free radicals that are now causing cancer and all these funny words for diseases. When and, uh, and we're causing disharmonance. I mean, the, <clears throat> um, you know, the Schumann residents, the, the pulse of the earth, you know, we're completely off, uh, you know, and so tapping in, creating that vibrational grounding so that we vibrate at the same frequency yeah is so important yeah 100 percent. so being barefoot very important and hanging out with plants it sounds so <laughs> and, weird. and drinking your pee <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> you're gonna hold hands with plants you're, you're you're gonna fast for 16 hours and you're gonna start out the morning with a teaspoon of a your pee -pee. urine <laughs> a little pee pee not too much just a little okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's the vibe hey everybody's ever everybody's that's trying so. every other fad diet and different techniques to get healthy <laughs> you know just see if it works for you <laughs> yeah, nature-based integration this is very important you have to integrate there's no way of it i mean this is this this is the the, the saving grace i mean it, you have to be in in nature because it's Science has proven that the negatively charged electrons will automatically balance out the positively charged electrons. Mm -hmm. And your body will become into an alkaline state uh, naturally by just being barefoot. Anything, this, all this stuff, problems, it's all self-created. It doesn't actually exist. So allow the earth to just suck up all this stuff that doesn't, that's not moving you forward or making you feel like the best version of yourself. It's, it's very simple. It's, grounding has become important, but more than grounding is plant integration and uh, just holding the leaves. Yeah, I mean, and plants, have, and plants have vibration and energy and they also have consciousness, you know? It's a... Uh, Somebody was making a documentary and they they were looking at the consciousness of plants and they made a way where the plants could play music. Um, so the different really? vibrational pulses of them, they could play music. And so they would the each each plant had its own like instrument or sound that it was vibrating to, and it would do this really cool like work and stuff. But they also knew the consciousness of that. Uh, so they were testing the pulse when the plants would get excited or when they would get scared and different things like that. You could, could measure based on the vibrations that were coming off of the plants, based on the sounds that they were or that they were tapped into. The frequency of the plant would create the sound. Well, was they wanted to test and they said, "I wonder what would happen if um, I cut off one of their leaves and all the plants shut up." And wow. you could tell that they knew what the person said. They knew that somebody was in danger. Threat. You wow. know? And that, so that there, it's an amazing study, but it mm. showed that they understood what it meant that to rip off belief. What instrument was being played? No, they were playing. So each of the plants were like um, wired up so that uh -huh. they played a different note based on the vibrations of the plant. So they okay. could actually like create these sound, waves. sound waves that they could play through speakers so they Got could it. hear them oh, and wow. they could hear their self playing, oh, you wow. know, which is, yeah, it's fascinating. What's it called? The stuff? Uh, I, I need to find it. I met I met with the person, then they showed me the person that was making the documentary and they showed me the footage of it. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be being released on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it should be coming out soon. Got but it. yeah. So so what's your take on the coronavirus, if I may ask? Yeah, very brief. We won't get too political or too Yeah, I think that, you know, I've we've been very out of balance as a species and as a planet for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though that there's going to be a massive 
clearing and a reset, you know, clearing it of our economic system, a clearing of maybe a lot of people's lives, sadly. I stand by the, the point that I think all lives are eternal, and so people will come back in a different way, different shape, different form, you know, at least that's my belief system, you know. So, um, but I do think that this is kind of the tower card in tarot, you know, our even if this magically went away tomorrow, the global economy is completely ruined, you know? And so, um, but this isn't going away tomorrow, you know? And so I think that it's going to cause people to view their self, their life, their health, wellness, and reevaluate what is their value systems, you know? Valuing life, valuing human connection, We've gotten so disconnected from people. We've gotten so disconnected from our phones where you go out to eat and you see people are sitting there across from each other just on their phones instead of engaging that I, you know, this is going to clear that away. We've been so consumed with things and gizmos and gadgets and less consumed with our health and our well-being and connecting to nature. And we've gotten so over here that I do believe that this is a course correct for us. You know, and in order to have the right type of course correct that might be needed, it needs to be massive because if it's little and it's mild and it's, you know, just a little bit, look at it in, in your own life and in many people's own life, change is the hardest thing to do. So even when people want to change, they find it difficult to change. People that, you know, want to start working out regularly, they can't do it. People that want to shift their diet, people that want to start to create a mindfulness program, people that want to, you know, enjoy life more. Like, even if it's something that they know they're going to love and where they're at now, even if they're in a horrible relationship and they they can't seem to break up with the person, right? It's like change is hard. And now we're looking at, like, besides if it's that hard as an individual, think about how hard is it to, to change a society, to change a country, to change a global system, right? And so in order to do that, sometimes it's like an explosion has to happen. Mm -hmm. Something so big that shakes our reality. And that's normally in an individual life, right? Right? Like it, it, what? where is that manifesting in, in, in one's life is maybe there's a dramatic incident that happens that you finally split from that relationship. Maybe you get fired from your job that you hated anyway, so it pulls you into something else. Maybe there's an injury or health issue that somebody gets. They di get diagnosed with some kind of disease or ailment and they finally are forced to change their health, right? You know, it tends to be a big explosion that causes people to actually shift, right? And I think that this is what's happening, at least in my opinion, on a global level with this uh, pandemic that we're in. Hmm. The last pandemic was in 19... 18. 1918, the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we only had 1.5 billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Now we have 7.5 billion people. Mm -hmm. hundred years, we grew 6 billion people, and we've depleted so much of the Earth's resources. We've developed a very toxic substance that has polluted the ocean called plastic that just came about in what was it, the 40s or 50s, plastic was invented. And, you know, like... And now you have islands that are the size of countries where the currents meet in the different oceans, you know. And so you have, you know, seven islands around the, the oceans filled with plastic. You have go fishing and pull out a fish and cut a larger fish, cut its belly open and there's plastic pieces. You know, tortoises are having plastic in their nose and things like that. It's just like, what are we doing, you know? What are we doing as a species? And what are we doing? Like almost every single animal that is in existence now is on the, you know, extinction list or endangered species list. You know, they're either almost extinct or they're endangered. And every animal that lives is depending upon humans for their survival of whether we decide that they live or they don't. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a little crazy. And it's a, it's a very off balance. And I personally believe it's unsustainable. Yeah. 
Because in, what, another 50 years, we're going to have, what, 16 billion people on this planet? Not going to get easier or better if we keep on doing the same thing and we keep on thinking that we can live in the same lifestyle. They're saying this virus is has, it's creating an opportunity to shift our priorities. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, as you started out saying, there's no good and there's no, no bad, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's what are we going to take from this? And we can look at and see the devastation and then the horribleness of economy crashes and people losing their wealth or, or their businesses or whatnot. And we can see people maybe losing loved ones or, or people, relatives and people in their life. And we can look at that and we can only focus on that. Or we can focus and say, okay, as a result, it's not going to be immediately, but as a result after, you know, are people going to change their value system? Are we going to look at what's really important? Are we going to try to create a more sustainable, health-conscious environment? Are we going to value human relations and, and activities and social gatherings over tangible, useless goods that end up in the ocean? You know, like, yeah. like... I, it, you know, like, is this going to force us to need to be the healthiest we can be? And as a result, we're operating at our best self. Yes. Physically, mentally, emotionally, yes. you know? Yes. It's really important. So we have to biohack the system now. Yeah. And we really have to make this human operating system the best as, as it can be. Um. And uh, yeah, so yeah. we can come back to to nature. We are nature. So we can hold we can hold some plants and drink our pee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> make it some light so of it. <laughs> one thing that you mentioned was human touch, and they've done a lot of studies now uh, with the correlation of the vagus nerve and human touch. Mm. And I've noticed that coming to the western part of the world people are repelled by touch but it's a I feel like it's a very important part too so very simple thing like just a touch yeah just hope yeah just feeling the sensation of the person and acknowledging that we are part of this one energy you know it's just it's just like a your whole state changes like and your perception changes. There was actually a study done at Duke University years ago, mm-hmm. and they took uh, elementary kids and they went to the library mm-hmm. and they were to check out a library book. Mm-hmm. And the librarian was to say the exact same thing to the group of kids, two different group of kids mm-hmm. with one difference. Okay, so in the first group, when they when the librarian gave back the library card, she gave it back like this. Give me your hand. She gave it back like this. Okay, mm-hmm. so you grab the card. Okay, in the second group, she gave it back like this, just a finger of touch. Mm-hmm. Okay, said the same thing to both groups of kids. Uh-huh. Later, the kids were asked their opinion of the library, the opinion of the librarian, you know, and the first group of kids that didn't have just the finger of touch. Remember, all other variables were the same, same exact words said mm-hmm. to the kids. Uh, the kids said it that they thought the library was okay, that didn't receive the touch. It was okay. Was the library nice or or me? She was neutral. Not re- did they did she say anything in particular to you? Oh, I don't really remember. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Very like neutral, whatever. Feedback. You know. Yeah. In the second group of kids that just got that finger of touch. They said the librarian was nice. They thought that she said, have a great day when she didn't. <laughs> they thought the whole library was better. Oh, it, wow. That little tiny finger of touch, like just like that, caused the kids to have a better perception of the librarian, think that she said more positive things to them, and saw the library in a more positive way. And, and so, I mean, that was amazing you know yeah what's the study called uh i i'll have to look it up and we'll put it as a footnote but it was from duke university yeah yeah so i think it's time for us now because you know it's it's just things are shifting now intermittent fasting's become popular 
people are moving into more therapeutic things. Even the athletes are now becoming eating plants. There's a, <laughs> there's a documentary called Game Changers. You must yeah. have heard of it, right? I don't know if I watched that one, but I know that there's a there's a huge movement of shifting of consciousness consciousness happening now in different mm-hmm. ways of looking at how can people be healthier. And I think that this is going to magnify and push that further. So it's not just people on the coasts or the different things that, at least in America, it's everywhere, but then it's also in other countries and other places and looking at, you know, where can we merge this mind-body-spirit connection and take, you know, we live in this interconnected world now where we have the privilege of understanding different belief systems and traditions from everywhere that we can literally pluck and choose the best and design something that is for us, you know, and use all of these sacred tools, old techniques and, and belief systems and, and ways of life and integrate that into something that's this hybrid of all the best. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. The integrate. I like the integrate part when you say it because yeah. uh, that that's where the rubber hits the road, and uh, yeah, we're we're Indians, Americans only for a few years, but we're part of this energy f- forever. So let's acknowledge that. Yeah, and so where can people find you? Um, mainly on uh, resist. Uh, well, now it's called performance yoga. So performanceyogamethod.com. That's okay. our website. Our Instagram is performance yoga method. And uh, we'll have a YouTube channel coming out too. That's performance yoga method as well. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. If you wanted to leave people with one thing, what would it be? One thing is uh, just take care of yourself and take care of people around you and, and acknowledge that you're part of the same energy and you are the other person is you and you are the other person. So you're not separate from from anything that you're interacting with. So uh, this is real. So enjoy the reality and and uh, just have a blast with, with whatever you're interacting with. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Till next time and join us for some live stream and so you can shake around and release some of that emotion too. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. Thinking that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype, phone, or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.